enjoy. That's what's engraved there on the side of my mug today, helping remind us to enjoy life and to enjoy it safely, right? I'll even be enjoying it later when I'm out there shoveling because I know it's giving me a good workout, which is good for my health and fitness. Even though I wasn't as happy when I looked out the door this morning and saw the snow coming down and said, oh, I got to shovel again. But we're going to enjoy it. We're going to do it because that's just what we had to do, right? Now, if you are one of those living in these areas that have been hit with the really bad cold and the bad weather and bad traffic conditions, make sure you're safe going out and engaging in those roads and make sure that, you know, you're safe when you're going out to shovel and different things. Make sure you're prepared for it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does being prepared actually mean? You know, we know there's preppers out there preparing for this, and we say we're prepared for that. But what does being prepared mean? And I want to talk about four things, components of being prepared that you should include if you think or are wanting to be prepared for something. If you think you're prepared, use this as a checklist to make sure you are. If you're wanting to prepare better, use this as something to guide you in your preparations. First and foremost, we've talked about it before. Physical preparation. You need to have the proper level of physical fitness, health, and hygiene to be able to see you through whatever you're preparing for. You know, if you're preparing for a marathon, it's going to take a little bit different physical fitness than maybe just going out and shoveling my driveway. But you need to have the physical fitness for what you are preparing for. And you also need to have the health. You got to take care of your health. That's important. And we talked before about unseen dangers, you know, your blood pressure, cholesterol, things like that, and why it's important to go have an annual checkup with your doctor and work with your doctor to stay healthy as well as fit. And then hygiene is important too. You know, back in the military, you know, they were sticklers on that because of how important it was. You know, you needed to keep your socks dry and clean and take care of your feet and take care of your body and hygiene issues when you're out in the woods for an extended period of time. So if you're preparing for that, you know, zombie apocalypse, you know, you want to stack up your guns and weapons, of course, and your food, but you want to stack up some hygiene items too, so you can take care of your body and health and stuff in that apocalypse as well. It will do you no good to have a mountain of ammunition and more guns than you know what to do with if your feet are rotted out because you didn't have a change of clean socks and you didn't take care of your feet for that long time. You get what I'm saying? You got to have all of it. So you want fitness, health, and hygiene. You got to take care of you physically, and you have to be prepared to take care of yourself physically. Say good morning to Jay. Appreciate you being here. Next, mental and emotional preparation. And that comes with self-confidence. The more confident you are in yourself, the more mentally and emotionally you'll be prepared to deal with certain things. And that comes from prior planning. It comes from training and skill practice. You know, if you know you can start a fire out in the woods, then you're confident that you're going to be able to have fire and be able to keep warm and cook because you've practiced that and you have that skill. Jay says, and mind. Exactly. So the self-confidence comes 
from your training and your planning and your skill practice. So the more of that you do, the better mentally and emotionally you'll be prepared to handle certain situations. And again, what are you preparing for? And that will dictate the kind of training, skills, practice, and planning you'll need. And so like when we're doing active shooter training, and I'm teaching people about what they can do before, during, and after an event to help survivors. You know, the, the training is part of it. And we practice some of the skills and the things that will help people survive in that situation. Okay. And so whatever you're preparing for, you want to match the skill uh, practice and the training to prepare you for that. Makes sense, right? Okay, so we got our physical preparation. We got our mental and emotional preparation that's honed through training and skill practice and planning. We also have to have our materials preparation. Before we get into that, I'm going to say howdy to Eric. Appreciate you from being here. So the materials preparation is basically your kit. Having the right equipment for the job and knowing how to use it and making sure you keep it in good condition and maintain it. So what's in your kit right now? What are you prepared for? You know, we talked about having a tourniquet in your first aid kit if you want to be prepared to stop a massive hemorrhaging. Okay, having pressure bandages and tourniquets, which sometimes don't come in your basic first aid kit, you want to add them in there so you're better prepared for massive hemorrhaging, which could be in an active shooter situation. It could be from an, an active knife situation. It could be from an automobile accident. It could be from a yard or tool accident in the yard or garage, right? So being prepared, what are you prepared for and having the right equipment? You know, I need the shovel to go out and shovel the driveway. I need a shovel that's not broken, that's you know, fits me and works for me for what I need to do. Now, some people don't need a shovel to be prepared for snow. They're going to need a snow blower or something else, a plow. Okay. But having the equipment that's going to get the job that you need done, done. Maintain that equipment, practice with that equipment, know how to use that equipment. It will do you no good in an emergency if you don't know how to use it. And the first time you use something shouldn't be in an emergency. That's why the other day when I was talking about Reflex Protect or another self-defense tool that you may carry, you should get an inert and practice with it. Or if it's a different tool, you need to train and practice with it. You don't want the first time that you go to your self-defense tool, whether it's Reflex Protect or something else, to be when somebody is attacking you. You want to have practiced with that beforehand so you're comfortable with it. You want to have make sure it's maintained so when you need it, it's there and you can use it. So we have to have our preparation of the materials, equipment, or kit that's going to see us through. Practice, practice, practice. That's right, Jay. Then the other thing we want to do for being prepared is we want to do some dangerous scenario preparation. And because that helps us form our plan by going through a scenario of what I would do during an active shooter situation? Where are the exits? How would I find cover versus concealment? How would I barricade myself in and deny that person access if I had to do that? You know, where are the escape routes? What would I use to defend myself if it came down to defending myself? And, and run those scenarios through your mind. This is where I'd go. This is what I would do. This is how I would do it. This is the tools I would use. The more scenarios you play out, 
the more prepared you're going to be. Now, if you're taking a hike into the Bob uh, Marshall Wilderness area here in Montana, you know, do you, what do you have in your kit? What are you carrying in your pack? Hopefully you got some bear spray because that's up in bear country, right? You got to have equipment. And then you run that scenario through your, your mind. What do you do if you see a grizzly? Well, if he doesn't see you and he lets you and he's doing this way, you go that way, you just leave him alone, right? So there's one scenario. I just avoid that grizzly completely. Maybe take a picture from a long distance if he's, you know, on the other you know, side of the mountain. Okay. If he's close, we're gonna not worry about the pictures. We're gonna just get out of there, but keep track of what he's doing. Okay. What if that bear is charging you? That's when we're getting our pepper spray and we're making that big giant cloud and that's going to prevent him from coming into us. And we're going to be prepared that we might inhale some of that too and it might be affecting us as we try to get to safety. So we need to run those kind of scenarios and realize what we would do, then maybe practice some of the skills needed in those scenarios, like getting your bear spray quickly and being able to operate it. Is this making sense? So these are the components that you want when you are preparing for something. And if you haven't prepared in all of these areas, you're not really prepared yet. Now, obviously we cannot run through every possible scenario that could happen. You know, and uh, Eric says, what's in your background of your shot? Correct. Thank you, Eric, appreciate that. As I was saying, we cannot run through every possible scenario that could happen, okay? But we can do enough scenarios and have a general plan and a general knowledge of what to do in types of situations that it will help see us through when something bad actually happens. Jay says, not in the pack. Yeah, you, you don't want to be digging through the pack for your bear spray when you need it. Anything that's going to help defend you or be used quickly in an emergency must be accessible. So I told people the other day that if you felt a little bit nervous walking somewhere to your car or across a neighborhood, you know, have reflex protect or something in your hand, not buried in your purse or pack or somewhere where you can't get it when you need it. Equipment will do you no good if it's not accessible when you need it, if it's not functioning when you need it, and if you don't know how to use it when you need it. You know, and that, that seems common sense, but over and over and over, we see people failing one or more of these four basic preparation principles and becoming victims or casualties to situations that a prepared person would have survived. And that's what I'm trying to help people do. I want people to enjoy life and you can enjoy life more if you're prepared and confident and you can accept the responsibility of taking care of yourself as your own first responder in an emergency. That's what it's all about. We hope we don't have to use that. I don't want to have to use the tourniquet in my car because I don't want myself or somebody I care about or somebody I come across to be hurt and injured to the extreme where I have to use a tourniquet to save their life. But I have it there in case, because if that situation arrives, I have the tools, I have the knowledge, and I am prepared to do something to save a life. It's insurance is what it is. And having that insurance makes me a little bit more comfortable when I'm out and about and on the road, because I have that knowledge and I have the right tools. And I know that I could take care of the situation if I had to. And that's what I want for you. 
And that's why I want you to look at these four elements of being prepared. Physical preparation, mental and emotional preparation, materials or equipment preparation, and dangerous dangerous scenario preparation. Include those when you're preparing for anything and you will be more prepared, more confident, and then you can go out and just enjoy life safely. I hope you have a fantastic day. I'm going to sign off because I have a couple meetings and then I got to get out there with the shovel and get some exercise. So take care, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.